0: The last two recordings have been about the importance of the mitzvah of preparing for Shabbos, and in the last recording we dealt with the issue of why someone takes a break from studying Torah, which is such an important mitzvah, in order to go prepare for Shabbos. In this recording we're going to deal with another major question on this halacha, and that is how someone can suspend their honor that's due to them in order to go do this mitzvah, because very often cooking or cleaning is going to be something which is beneath the dignity and The honor of a great Torah scholar or an elderly person, and Halacha takes that honor very seriously. So, how can the Halacha ask those people to suspend their honor in this case in order to clean and cook for Shabbos? And it's clear that Halacha does ask that because the stories in the Gemara, which are quoted by the Shulchan Arach, are of great rabbis who are certainly due tremendous honor. And yet on Friday afternoon, they could be found cooking and cleaning and shopping for Shabbos, something that they ordinarily would not have done. Now, this whole question is based on a debate between the Rambam and the Rush with regard to the mitzvah of Hashavah S'aveda, returning a lost object, where the halacha says that a let's say there's an elderly person who sees a lost object, but it's going to involve something dishonorable for him to return it. For example, he might have to chase it down in the street or go into a dirty place or climb a fence or even just the process of finding the owner is going to bring him dishonor. So the halacha says that he is exempt. He does not have to do the mitzvah of Hashavah Saveda, He can ignore the object and continue going on his way. Now there's a debate between the Rambam and the Rush. what if he chooses to do the mitzvah? So he understands that he's exempt and it's going to cause him dishonor, but he wants to go ahead and still do the mitzvah. So the Rambam holds in Hilchus Gzelev Baveda Yud Yud that he could choose to do the mitzvah voluntarily, and that doing so is even a merit. In other words, the person should transcend their own dishonor in order to do a mitzvah. The rush, on the other hand, in Bamitzia, Parak Beisim and Khaf Aleph, disagrees with the Rambam, and he holds that Zaken Veinolafich Vodo is not allowed to go ahead and do it. In other words, not only is he exempt from doing it, but he's prohibited from returning the lost object. A person cannot dishonor themselves to do a mitzvah. So according to the rush, we have a question in the halachas we're learning. How could these great rabbis have diminished themselves and cooked and cleaned for Shabbos, which was not according to their honor, when according to the rush, one is not allowed to voluntarily choose to dishonor themselves? According to the Rambam, we could say that even though they were exempt from this mitzvah, they chose to do so. But according to the Rush, if they were exempt, they were also prohibited from dishonoring themselves. So how did they go ahead and prepare for Shabbos? So the Chuvash Chabbos Yoyer and Simon Reish Hay asks this question, and he has a number of different approaches to resolve it. One, he makes a side suggestion that maybe these rabbis would do this work in the privacy of their home. So there was nothing dishonorable about them cooking for Shabbos because they were doing it in a place where nobody could see them doing it. And he says the same solution for the rush who used to cook his own matzahs for Pesach, even though the rush himself holds that a great rabbi can't do something beneath him. So the answer might be the rush did it in his own kitchen in the privacy of his home, so nobody saw him doing it. So that's one practical suggestion of the Chavus Yoyer, but then he has two much more fundamental and important approaches to resolve this question, which also help shape the principles of this halacha. He suggests that there's a difference between a mitzvah which is kedushah, it's sanctified, versus a mitzvah which is just mundane. So returning a lost object is a mundane mitzvah, even though it's an important mitzvah, but the object is just a secular mundane lost object, which has no sanctity, so that's why the elderly person can't choose to dishonor themselves in order to return it. But something which is sanctified, and the example he uses is building the sukkah. The Maharil reports that he found the Maharam building his sukkah. So the question is, how could the Maharam lower himself to do something beneath his dignity? But since sukkah is a sanctified object, so he was allowed to go ahead and build it. And even more fundamentally, the Chavos Yoyer says, there's a story in the Navi where David HaMelech was escorting the Aron, the Ark, back to Yerushalayim after it had been captured. And he was dancing like a wild man. And his wife Michal criticized him that he's the king, so he shouldn't lower himself. And he responded sharply that he would act even more crazy for the honor of Hashem, to show his joy at bringing the Aron back to Yerushalayim. And the Navi's clear that David was right in that instance. So the question on the rush is, how could David choose to lower himself? But the Chavos Yoyer says... Since that involved a sanctified object, like the aron, so he was allowed to, and he was supposed to lower himself in order to rejoice. With the Aaron. So that's the Chavos Yoyer's approach to this. It seems, according to that, let's say the lost object was tefillin or mezuzahs, then the Zakin Be'nolothikvodo could choose to return it because that is a sanctified object. So, similarly, says the Chavos Yoyer, with regard to Shabbos preparation, these rabbis were allowed to do it because they were preparing food for a sanctified day. So that's why it has the status of a sanctified mitzvah. The second very fundamental distinction the Chavos Yair makes is that there's a distinction between a mitzvah adam between people versus adam when it involves Hashem. When it involves doing something for someone else, so the whole criteria of the Torah is kamocha, that you should love others like yourself. So anything you wouldn't do for yourself because it's dishonorable, you don't have to do for someone else. So it makes perfect sense that a person only has to do a mitzvah to benefit another person if they would do that same level of benefit for themselves. But an elderly person who wouldn't dishonor himself to retrieve his own lost object doesn't have to do so for someone else's lost object. As opposed to a mitzvah which is done for Hashem, where a person has to do it regardless of whether they would have done it for themselves, so there there is no leniency if it's dishonorable for themselves. Regardless of whether a person's honored or not, they have to go ahead and do the mitzvah for Hashem. So again, that would explain Sukkah and Shabbos and how these rabbis were doing the mundane preparations for them because since they're towards Hashem, there was no leniency of dishonor. So that's the Chavos Yoyers' two main approaches. Either there's a distinction between sanctified mitzvahs, which even a great rabbi or an elderly person can dishonor themselves to do. Or alternatively, there's an exception for mitzvahs done towards Hashem where everyone is equally obligated and there's no leniency that it's dishonorable. Now, the Primagadim has another very fundamental explanation for this halacha, and this is quoted by the Bear Halacha and some in Reish Nun. The language that the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch use is "lo yomar, lo efgom kivodi." Person shouldn't say this is beneath my honor. Kizehu kivodo—that is his honor. Shemecha bed Hashabbos—that he is honoring Shabbos. So the way the Prim explains this is that the Shulchan Arach itself is dealing with the Chavos Yair's question, how could these rabbis voluntarily choose to do something dishonorable? And the answer, he says, is that is their honor. In other words, by honoring Shabbos, they are honored. And the key point, according to the Primagodim, is not that Shabbos is an exception, it's a unique mitzvah in this regard, but any mitzvah a person is doing brings them honor. In other words, it's our honor to be able to do mitzvahs. The difference between Shabbos and the lost object is a practical one, because on Friday, when people see the rabbi cooking or cleaning, they know it's for Shabbos. So it's very clear from the context that the work he's doing is for the sake of the mitzvah. That's why it's permitted to prepare anything on Friday afternoon, because everyone understands what it's for. But the lost object, when people see a rabbi climbing a fence and getting dirty and chasing something in the wind, so they don't know what the context of that is. They don't know that it's for a mitzvah. So that's why it's problematic. Because for the onlookers, it looks like he's doing something mundane and dishonoring himself. But anytime it's clear from the context that the person is doing a mitzvah, then they're allowed to do it because a mitzvah brings us honor by doing it. So we can never say that a mitzvah brings dishonor. So that explains how these rabbis prepared for Shabbos on Friday afternoon, even doing lowly tasks, because since it was clear that it was for Shabbos, like the Shulchan Aruch says, zehu kevodo, it brought them honor instead of lowering them. And the Prima says that also explains why David was dancing like a wild man, because since it was clearly for a mitzvah, he was celebrating the Torah, so that was permitted, and that would also explain how the rabbi built the sukkah or the matzah. In all of those cases, it was very clearly for a mitzvah, so it would be permitted. So this is an important idea to remember that doing a mitzvah is our honor to be able to do it, and preparing for Shabbos, even cooking, cleaning, doing lowly things, is an honor for us to be able to do it. So this is a very important approach from the Prima Godden. Now, this whole discussion leads us to a very fascinating debate. The Magan Avram, as we said in the previous recording, rules that the mitzvah to prepare for Shabbos is not unique only to Shabbos. It's based on the principle of mitzvah bo yosermi vishlucho, that a person should do a mitzvah themselves rather than delegate a messenger. So the Magan Avram says that this basic rule would apply to all mitzvahs. A person should do it by themselves rather than ask someone else to do it. So the Tosephus Shabbos in Simon Reish Nun has a question on this Magan Avram, and he says that based on the Magan Avram's approach, it should be the same thing when it comes to a bris mila or a wedding, which are both mitzvahs, so the meal accompanying them is a mitzvah. So the greatest rabbis of the generation should do the catering themselves for the bris or for the wedding, because it's a mitzvah, and they should do it themselves rather than delegate. But the Tosephus Shabbos rejects this idea because we don't find a halacha encouraging great rabbis to do the cooking themselves for the meal of a bris or a wedding. And he adds, especially according to the Chavos Yoyer, who struggles to even understand how these great rabbis were able to lower themselves to cook and clean for Shabbos, and he has to say that a sanctified mitzvah is different, so certainly we shouldn't have great rabbis cooking for brises and for weddings, and for other mitzvahs, we should limit this halacha as much as possible. So the Tosefes Shabbos' conclusion is that according to the Magin Avram, it seems that rabbis should do the cooking and cleaning for brises and weddings as well as the Shabbos food preparation. But the Tosefus Shabbos himself rejects that and says we should limit this halacha only to Shabbos prep, not to other festive mitzvahs. Now the discussion continues and the chida in his commentary, Matzik Bracha, so he defends the Magan Avram and the idea that great rabbis should do the catering and the cooking themselves for a wedding or a bris. And he makes two points against the Tosephus Shabbos. First, he asks, how can anyone disagree with the Magan Avram's view? Because the Magan Avram didn't make up this idea that the rabbis were preparing for Shabbos because of the principle of Mitzvah Bo yoser mi bishlucho. That's straight in the Gemara and Kiddushin. So what is the Tosephus Shabbos questioning the Magan Avram's application of this halacha to other mitzvahs when all he did was copy it right out of the Talmud? Now, if it's true that this applies to other mitzvahs, then it seems to logically follow that just like on Shabbos, the rabbis would prepare themselves. So for a wedding or a bris or some other festive mitzvah, they should also do the preparation themselves. That's his first point. Second, he says, the Tosefus Shabbos said that we don't find in Halacha that rabbis should prepare the bris or the wedding themselves, but he says that there's an explicit gemara in Krisos on Daf Tesvav, where it tells a story about how Rabbi Gamliel was going to buy an animal for his son's wedding. So that's a source right there of a very great rabbi who had many other people who could have done it, but he himself was doing the shopping and the food prep for his son's wedding. So the chidah is of the view that it would be proper for great rabbis, just like they should prepare for Shabbos, also to prepare for other mitzvah meals. Now the Stechemed makes a good counter argument against the chidah's first question, that what's the Tosef Shabbos questioning the Magan Avram, when the Gemara itself explicitly extends this principle to other mitzvahs. And the Stechemet explains that the Tosefes Shabbos is not questioning that aspect. He also understands what it says explicitly in the Gemara, that just like rabbis would prepare for Shabbos, they should do other mitzvahs themselves, rather than have messengers do it. But he's questioning specifically the preparation aspect of it. Meaning he agrees that the rabbi himself should do the mitzvah rather than delegating it. But that's talking about the mitzvah itself. The Magna now, Rum seems to extend that halacha to the preparation of the mitzvah too. In other words, not only should great rabbis do the mitzvah themselves, they should also prepare for other mitzvahs themselves. And that's what the Tosefis Shabbos is questioning, that who says the Gemara means to take it that far. Maybe people should do the mitzvah themselves, but the preparation for it, if it's going to be below their dignity, they should delegate to someone else, with the one exception of preparing for Shabbos, as the Chavos Yoyer explained. So that would explain what the Tosephus Shabbos' question is on the Magan Avram. Either way, we have a very interesting debate between the Chida and the Tosefes Shabbos. Should a great rabbi lower himself and do mundane work like shopping and cooking and cleaning for a bris or a wedding or other mitzvah meals so the Chida believes that they should just as they would prepare for Shabbos themselves, whereas the Tosef Shabbos holds that in those cases they should not do it, Shabbos is the one exception where a great rabbi should prepare himself. Now the Stechemer in his discussion Quotes a fascinating approach from the Nitziv in his Hamek Sheila And this is along the lines of how He explains the Tosefis Shabbos But the Nitziv has a sharper formulation And he also expands This Halacha to a few other mitzvahs The way the Nitziv puts it Is that the rule of mitzvah Bo yoser mi Bishlucho only applies To the mitzvah itself As we just mentioned, not to the Preparation for the mitzvah So in general he would agree with the Tosef Sefes Shabbos' viewpoint that great rabbis should not lower themselves to do the preparation for a different mitzvah. Shabbos prep is different and the way the netziv formulates that is that wherever the Torah itself said that you should prepare, that gives it a higher status and that type of preparation is mitzvah bo yosem mi so for example, regarding Shabbos, it says that on Friday the Jews should prepare their mun So that gives the mitzvah of Shabbos preparation a higher status as if it's a mitzvah in and of itself. In other words, generally the mitzvah is to do what the Torah said to do and the preparation is just the necessary prerequisite in order to do the mitzvah. But here the mitzvah of Shabbos prep is itself a mitzvah because the Torah explicitly identifies that a person should prepare for Shabbos. Same thing with regards to matzah. It says you should watch the matzos. So that gives a special status to the mitzvah of preparing matzah. Similarly with regards to sukkah. Chag ha sukkos ta you should make a sukkah. So that gives building the sukkah a special status in halacha that it's not just a prerequisite to have a sukkah, but it is a mitzvah itself. So in those cases and other places where the Torah tells you to prepare, there we apply the concept of mitzvah bo yosr mi that everyone should do the mitzvah on their own. So those would be examples of cases where great rabbis should do the preparation, even if it's beneath them. And we mentioned examples before of many rabbis who prepared for Shabbos and the Maram built his sukkah and the Rush made his matzahs, so that would all be in line with this, as opposed to where the Torah does not explicitly say to prepare, so there it's just regular preparation and there is no principle of mitzvah, so rabbis don't have to do it in those cases. So this is a very sharp formulation of this approach from the Netziv, and based on this idea, the Netziv adds a very nice explanation of the Pusuk. It says, "Shamor es yom haShabbos show. You should guard Shabbos in order to sanctify it. So the idea of guard Shabbos is that a person should prepare on Friday so that they don't have to come to violate Shabbos in order to get food and to get the things they need in order to enjoy Shabbos. They should look ahead and make sure that everything is prepared on Friday afternoon before Shabbos starts. So the Nitzv says that seems obvious because a person's not allowed to violate Shabbos. So obviously they need to have some foresight and prepare in advance. Why does the Torah need to tell us something that we could have come to on our own with a little bit of reflection? But based on this idea the Nitzv explains that the Torah is trying to tell us that the preparation for Shabbos is the type of preparation which is part of the mitzvah itself and therefore the rule of mitzvah bo mi bishlucho applies. Had the Torah not told us explicitly that we have to prepare for Shabbos, then we could have said that keeping Shabbos is the mitzvah and the preparation is just a prerequisite. But it's not a mitzvah the person has to do themselves. They could ask someone else to do it. So therefore, the Torah explicitly told us that Shabbos preparation is part of the mitzvah and therefore the person should do it themselves. So this is an important perspective that there are some mitzvahs where the physical preparation is just a prerequisite because otherwise there's not going to be the object needed in order to do the mitzvah. But there are other mitzvahs and we've listed a few examples, Shabbos, Sukkah, and Matzah, where preparing the object is itself part of the mitzvah. It has a higher status and a person should try to do it on their own. So that's an atziv's important analysis in this topic And that's some of the highlight points in this issue Of whether a great rabbi or an elderly person Could choose to do something which is beneath their dignity In order to prepare for a mitzvah And obviously Shabbos is an exception Because it's explicit in the Talmud That the great rabbis would prepare themselves for Shabbos The only question is what that was based on And that's going to have ramifications For how broadly we apply this principle That even a great rabbi should do the preparation for a mitzvah himself.